Hello, everybody. Dr. Ron Dalrymple coming at you today with another episode of Mind Shock, the endless question. Today, we're going to talk about the expansion of consciousness, something we indulge in all the time and often don't realize it. This is the expansion of consciousness, part one. There's three parts of this exciting venture coming at you soon. Now, to go back since the beginning of time, humankind has asked a central question. We covered this in our film, The Endless Question, which is our two-hour documentary on Amazon Prime. It's based upon our book, Quantum Field Psychology, A Whole New Theory of Mind. The mind is an energy field which transcends the physical brain. It's a whole new theory which connects science with spirituality. It is a bridge theory as well as a theory of everything, which shocks a lot of people and scares them. But what can I tell you? So since time began, there's one central question. Who are we? Why are we here? What is our purpose in life? There are many answers proposed, but none of them are totally fulfilling enough for a lot of us. So we keep looking, we keep searching. I still did a search in the quantum field psychology, which I began way back in 1967. I went to work at NASA at 17 years old. And by 19, made a discovery that if you combine math and physics with the major fields of psychology, you can create a whole new theory of mind, which parallels the work of Thomas Young in 1801. He showed in his split, double, double slit experiment that energy travels through space in waveform. It was later found that it interacts with matter as particles. We think that thought energy does the same thing. Thought travels through space in waveform, interacts with matter as particles. So this, the film we created in our books are about the transformation of consciousness from a confused state that's plagued mankind for a millennium to a realization of advanced state of being and power inside all of us waiting to be unleashed upon the world, hungering for its final birth into this world. This incorporates concepts of super mind, super learning, super memory, all those topics we'll cover in the future. Now, quantum field psychology applies quantum physics and topological mathematics, as I stated, to the major theories of psychology, creating a new paradigm that integrates all these fields together and goes beyond them. What's amazing is that the correlations between the concepts of quantum field psych and other theories such as Rosicrucian Fellowship, the ancient mystical order Rosicrucius, there's seven, some Rosicrucian groups in the world as well as Masonic concepts and many different metaphysical groups which teach similar principles, but in very different forms. Deeper levels of thought come through these metaphysical groups and are far deeper sources still found in various ancient metaphysical texts we've been studying for some time. Now, one of the basic propositions of quantum field psych is that the mind is an energy field. It can be expressed by the Fourier wave we covered in our film, The Endless Question, where the wave is the spatial frequency times the amplitude times the phase. So you can see as you increase the amplitude of the form, it takes on a much greater dimension. And if you can, if you can pack the spatial frequency and the amplitude and the phase in the right way, you can increase, create much greater waveforms, in other words, much greater amplitudes of energy projected outward. So axiom two of quantum field psych is that thought emotion waves manifest as sinusoidal waves or Fourier waves, again, where the wave is a combination of these different frequencies. We have KAP of one, with the KAP of N. So there's many different waveforms and those combined together. Okay, Debbie's waveform, K spatial frequency, A is the amplitude, P is phase. Don't worry, you don't get that, folks. That gets in a little bit of math and physics. It doesn't really matter. 
This understanding that as you combine your force together, they greatly increase in amplitude, which we'll cover in the future. Now, thought emotional waves transcend, pardon me, and project beyond the human brain, generating its own pilot wave that travels through space. This parallels de Broglie's 1924 concept that a pilot wave is attached to every particle of matter, a theory quickly adopted by Einstein. In an 1899 interview, Nikolai Tesla, which we covered in a film as well, said that many things that agree with the concepts of QFP, such as the mind is an energy, is beyond the brain, memories are stored in light energy. No, so he said things that parallel our work. In other words, it was just amazing to me when I discovered this when we were putting together the film. Tesla said that if you want to find the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. Consideration is used. We regard the wave as a linear or spherical projection from the mind, which then leads to topological projections from one space to another. We use topological mathematics to explain how mind projects from the mind to other spaces or to other minds. The important principle here is that much of our perception is based on projection or what we project onto the world around us. So in other words, believing is seeing, which is well said in previous decades by a number of theorists on this, believing is seeing. Now each dimension of thought is given by the dimension is the sum of all the KAP of I up to KAP of N as N approaches infinity. So a dimension of thought, in other words, has many different frequencies in it. So for example, when you think about a car, you might think about its engine, its transmission, its braking system, acceleration curve, the color it is, the shape it is, how many seats. You have all these different thoughts about it, which compose a dimension of thoughts about a specific type of topic. The mind is consumed with many different thoughts and dimensions, which often go off in different directions. This simply means that many thought emotional waves are complex waves composed of numerous Fourier waves. In other words, we project a wide range of thoughts and emotions constantly a wide array of frequencies so we learn how to control and focus our thoughts. It's most important to control and focus our thoughts to give them much greater power. If they aren't focused, our thoughts wander all over the place. They tend to have a much lesser effect upon the world around us. We're also much less successful often in our lives because we create chaos. We don't realize it. We attract to it and we create chaotic forms. I also said that once scientists begin to study the mind as energy, the more progress will be made than any time before in history. Like this has been, been done now for a decade or more. And we are making much greater progress into understanding the mind as energy. Also said that keeping a state of ecstasy at all times allowed Tesla to access the higher mind within to discover his great inventions. Now, this is most important. Think about, he tried to keep a harmonic state of joy, peace, and love, which helped him access the higher mind at all times. So think of a higher mind above your conscious mind. The conscious mind is consumed more by the lower dimensions, the lower emotions, fear, anxiety, doubt, and so forth. The higher mind expands into infinity, really. And it's like a supercomputer which can download into your conscious mind. You can ask it any question. You can solve many problems with it once you learn how to access that higher mind. You can achieve incredible things. But it's all a matter of access. That means taking away the blocks from the conscious mind, taking away all those trap doors we set up for ourselves, blocking us off from those higher capabilities. 
This also parallels the story of the prodigal son, who leaves the father, symbolic of the divine father, who enters righteous living, the son enters righteous living, drinking, running around with women, getting all, all kinds of trouble. And one time he wakes up in a hog pen, and he's lying there broke, disheveled, and starts chewing on a half-eaten corn of cob, chewed upon by the hogs. He realizes, oh no, what have I done? How have I gotten to this place? And he realizes, I must return to the Father. So he returns to the Father, and then all great things, all great gifts are given back to him. Because he's come back into conscious communion with that higher mind. He returns to the Father or divine mind, so he encounters all the blessings and goodness of the Father. These powers and lights then flow through him because he is back in divine contact. Now his brother, symbolic of the ego, objects to his return and blessings out of jealousy. This is also characteristic of the lower mind. The brother says, wait a minute, why does he get everything? He's been gone for a long time. I've been here doing the work. I've been here trying to earn things. He gets back, he gets a seat at the table. The father says, no. Once he is back in divine contact, he is back in divine contact. The same concept is taught in many other stories, taught in ancient times. Once a person comes into contact, that all good things are added unto them. Now, Axiom 7 of Cronfield Psychology, and again, this book you can find on Amazon, considers the issue of attunement with higher powers. How do we actually attune our thoughts and emotions and behavior to the frequencies to levels of higher powers of consciousness. The level of abstract thought is where ideas and inspiration come to us. How do we attain that level? There are many principles we can follow which help us awaken a higher state of consciousness. For example, we can practice the selfless service to others, not selfish, but selfless service to others, which helps lift up others spiritually and lift us up as well. This also creates beautiful karma for us because the more we project out of a positive nature, the more comes back to us in kind. So the more we help others, the more we help ourselves. We can also practice an attitude of gratitude and see the good in all things and people, realizing that thought is power. And this should not be trivialized. An attitude of gratitude means you're constantly focused upon the good things in other people, the good things in yourself, the good things in the world around you, and being appreciative of that, realizing that as you tune to higher powers of thought and these more loving, beautiful frequencies, the same energies re rebound back to you often many times over. So we work to create harmony in all situations and avoid needless conflicts with others. We live in a world still consumed with tribal warfare, with all kinds of fraud, corruption, inharmony, with all kinds of political manipulations and deceits, we live in a world of great chaos still because so many people and certainly governments have not gotten in attunement with these higher powers where they're driven by very egocentric, power-hungry, selfish type people. This needs to be changed and transformed to a much higher state. We all need to work towards changing this to a much more harmonic, beautiful, loving state of the world to solve the problems of the world. The tribal thinking, this harmony between groups must end. It really needs to end now in the the quantum field psych explains how we can do that. We're all connected to each other and to a higher power. Their external form means very little compared to the fact we're all spiritual beings connected to each other and to the higher power. Also, every night, 
You can review the day in reverse, examining anything you might have done to harm or offend others. Ask for their forgiveness. Also forgive yourself and send other people who you might have offended very positive, loving energy. Seek to create restitution whenever possible. You find as you project out very positive thoughts towards people you might have offended, that when you see them again or hear from them, they might have a very different change attitude towards you. Because they feel they pick up that positive energy. It's amazing the energies that we do create and project, not realizing it. Also, you then go back through the day in reverse order again, examine all the things you did well, and reinforce those events. Again, sending positive energy to all involved and reinforce yourself to condition your positive behaviors as habits. We're gonna make habits of these thoughts and entities to recreate our world. And visualize each night what you want to accomplish the following day. See those things happening perfectly, beautifully, with ease. Also command forth, speak forth the commands which you want to happen the next day. I'll have a beautiful day tomorrow. Everything will go perfectly. All things will work my way, but harm no one else. I create harmony for other people at all times. I create beautiful things for all concerned. Thoughts of that nature help create your day beautifully. Remember, every thought, emotion, behavior you create beams out into the universe and returns you many times over. Our greatest responsibility we have is to live by these higher precepts and not to violate them. So we must be aware of our thoughts and emotions. One approach today is called mindfulness. People try to be aware of what they're thinking in order to transform those thoughts to a very positive form. Also transform our emotions into very harmonic, loving, beautiful feelings. We transform our thoughts and emotions to a more divine level. It transforms us profoundly and helps all those around us and helps the world greatly. We don't do this, we indulge in negative thoughts, anger, hatred, revenge, then we do self-destruction. We're harming ourselves and others, we're harming the planet, we're harming the entire human race. One point of view is that the I am inside of us is the highest self within, the spirit within us. And this I am is driving this whole journey. The purpose in life is for us to become more divine become able to apply every power of the universe to bring the conscious mind, the ego mind, into contact with the divine mind, which then transforms the ego mind into the divine mind. So it allows that superconscious mind to download into the ego mind and become the ego mind to replace it. Axiom 8 of quantum field psychology states that in the process of transfiguration, we tune our thoughts and emotions to higher frequencies allowing us to transform who we are from more of a human state to more of a divine state of mind and being. Just think that Moses, Christ, Buddha, Krishna manifested a higher state of consciousness by connecting with the divine mind. They communicate with the divine mind, in fact, throughout the day, even constantly, and allowed that power to flow through them. So that power became them, and they became that power. So the I am is inside all of us, and each one of us can make that journey. It is not unique to given individuals. Many religions tend to worship certain people instead of the concepts, the ideals created from divinity. In fact, those masters said, do not worship me, but he who sent me. So we must worship the ideal, not the idol, and not make idols of people, but rather 
focus upon and worship those ideal concepts and it makes them manifest in our lives as well. So the conscious mind and superconscious mind become one. And what comes through them becomes enormous, unlimited power, light, and creativity. Your powers of creation expand to infinity. Your power of attraction also leaps to infinity. In fact, the power of attraction, the law of attraction, is a subset of the law, laws of creation. We're going to cover those in the future. The many laws of creation. Remember all those synchronous sine waves. For the amplitude and power of the waves increase enormously. So the key here is to link up all your thoughts and emotions with the same basic underlying powers. In other words, you want to project love at all times, not hatred. Project love, harmony, peace, beauty, and think divine thoughts. See the divinity in other people. See the divinity in yourself. See the divinity in all things. And it helps bring you much closer to a state of consciousness. By contrast, the law of attraction involves the desire body in many cases, where we attempt to attract to us things of matter. This is a big mistake. Many folks teach the law of attraction as materialism, where you can create anything you want, you can have anything you want, blah, blah, blah. It's not really true because it often creates huge karmic debt. And the more you focus upon materialism, the more you become materialistic and thereby can actually cause yourself great damage and great harm and harm others as well. It's okay to create various things for yourself, for your personal benefit and for your loved ones. That's fine. As long as we do it in the right way, we must do it in a way where we don't harm anybody and which for the good of all. So we do things to lift up everybody. We must harm no one. Our theory states that we are spiritual beings and our true goal is to attract things of the spirit. Once you start attracting things of matter, we're going back into materialism. We're going away from the spirit. We are eternal beings and should not wish to continue to be a slave in the physical world and have more stuff and more stuff and more stuff that possesses us instead of us possessing it. Many folks are trapped in the delusion of keeping up with the Joneses, trying to create more material wealth in a competitive way, even with somebody else. This is all total nonsense and a waste of energy. It's like building castles of sand upon the beach. The wind and the waves coming at you constantly. You build a bigger and bigger castle to fight the guy next to you. You want a bigger castle of sand, knowing it'll be destroyed in no time. Castle of sand upon the beach will not last, folks. What will last are building castles of thought, creativity, love, and power in the spiritual kingdoms, where they last forever. So we do not wish to indulge the seductions of the ego, which is the ultimate enemy to us. The enemy, the ego itself, deceives us while swatching our fears, leads us down many garden paths. The ego is a great seducer. The ego of illusion, the ego is full of jealousy and anger and insipid thoughts and negativity and revenge. The ego traps us. Some folks hunger after power. They love power. They seek power. Some people seek wealth, seek money. Some want to be loved and admired, put up on a pedestal. These are all delusions. We'll do you no good whatsoever. So the ego is a great deceiver. We must transcend beyond that and realize we must aspire towards the higher spiritual kingdoms to retain eternity. Ego is formed in part from the excrescences of lowered emotions, which is fear, anxiety, and guilt. It's a series of shells around the true self within. So creating around us, we mentioned this before, a constellation of consciousness or a shell of delusions around us filled with ideas that are not really true. So we project energy outward, which is delusional, causing chaos in our lives, which we must pay for through karmic debt. Say, so we must change all that. Remember, the mind has great creative powers. We must focus and attune 
and raise those powers to a higher level, make them all harmonic, moving forth in one great waveform of supreme power and creativity, make great things manifest, not dilute or distract our energy in lots of different directions. Okay, next time we're going to get into Axiom 9 of Quantum Field Psych. Talking about it, we each have a mission in life. That'll be in part two, the expansion of consciousness, folks. So remember, you can see the endless question, which is on Amazon Prime. It's free. It's also on Flickster and Apple TV and, and Tubi and a few others will be on soon. You can also catch our podcast here, of course, on Anchor FM and other stations as well. Our books are on Amazon, starting with going way back to Eight Days of Creative Power, based on university research where you have different ways of tapping your creative powers, make your forces manifest upon Earth. Next book is The Inner Manager, also on Amazon. It's a journey a young man goes on, discover the true powers within himself. Next book is I Love You, God, which helps us focus upon higher aphorisms of thought and feeling between those higher principles. The next book is Quantum Field Psychology, which is a theory we're talking about, which is good for engineers, mathematicians, physicists, medical doctors, those with a strong medical background or a scientific background who can understand it. Most folks, of course, anybody can read it, of course, but it might be a little bit difficult because of math and physics in it. Or we created a film. Endless Question, again, is available free on Amazon Prime. So check it out, folks. Hope you enjoy it. Tune in next time. And we'll have more for you about the expansion of consciousness. There's a lot of material here, folks. And this is the tip of the iceberg. We're really getting to touch some of the key concepts. All right. Thanks a lot. It's Dr. Ron Dowrymple for Quantum Field Psych and the Endless Question signing off. Talk to you later.